This is the Mulberry Lane Show. Exclusive interviews, fun, music, celebrities. Your weekend getaway. Now, here's Mulberry Lane, Rachel, Bo, and Ellie Cat. Be a part of the family. Hey, it's Allie here with your radio sisters, Rachel and Bo, and it's another weekend. Welcome to the Mulberry Lane Show. Well, so glad you guys are hanging out with us today. We know there's many things you could be doing with your time, yet many choices, and you guys chose to be here, so we love that about you. Okay, girls, let's get to those guests. The Mulberry Lane Show's on Celebrity story songs You're gonna have it going on When we tell you who's stopping by now Well, first up today It's the front dude, John Cooper Of the multi-platinum Christian rock band Skillet You make me feel Invincible I feel, I feel it Invincible I feel, I feel it Invincible Now you guys are going to get a behind-the-scenes look at this band, how they've kept things together for over 20 years, how they make it work on stage and off, and also a unique look at how they fit in the Christian music world, being a rock band that likes to push the boundaries. We had a long, very cool chat with John, so get pumped for John Cooper from Skillet. Turning it up to 11. Okay, Rachel, who's next? Then it's singer-songwriter Jordan Felice. Now, he started out fronting hard rock band A Current Affair and was then called to Nashville in Christian music. Hear about his musical and spiritual journey that led him to release his latest project called Future. Now you're going to find out what inspires his songs, what he wants you to take away from listening to his music, and the big mistake he recently made on stage. Yeah, this is a great story, so stay tuned for that. Jordan has a very soulful sound to his voice, and we think you guys are going to really dig his music. All right, Allie, who's next? Well, then it's Tara Lightfoot. We can try, try, try to keep ourselves up high, 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 and there's no reason why, why, why we give up on paradise. This Canadian singer-songwriter musician takes you on a journey through her new mistakes. That's the name of her brand new album. And in this conversation with Tara, you'll hear about the unique place she recorded her album, her relationship with the 70s Nashville singer that inspired one of her songs. Plus, you're going to hear how she has a great relationship with her label and how when you're constantly on the road, the bridal suite just might be a great option. (laughs) And who doesn't want to stay in the bridal suite, right? Right or not? Exactly. So you're going to get to know this unique talent who was just nominated for a Juno Award. That's right. The Juno Awards air later this month, and now you'll have someone to root for. So today, you guys are going to get an all-music show. That's right. And Allie, before we get to it, you have a little dentist story you need to share, right? Yes. 
So earlier this week, I had to take my five-year-old daughter, Clover, to the dentist, and she was just getting a cleaning, no cavities, which is awesome. But when the dental hygienist was cleaning her teeth, Clover did start crying just a little bit. So on the way home, I asked her about it, and I said, did that just scare you a little bit, and that's why you cried? And she said, Mom, I wasn't crying. I just had to get some tears out. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love it. Yes, so that's how I'm going to describe myself in the future when I cry. I'm going to be like, I'm not crying. I'm just getting my tears out. Yeah, sometimes you just got to get it out. Mm -hmm. We're going to get your rock and roll out right now. You're going to hear from frontman of the band Skillet when we come back, John Cooper. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Get amped up. celebrities on your radio station back to the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane well skillet is known for their rock edge christian music and recently their song monster was named the biggest digital single in the history of christian music now this along with multiple dove awards and grammy nominations has made skillet one of the most popular bands in their genre now john cooper with the band is stopping by your weekend to chat all about the music you're gonna get more behind the scenes look at skillet with john right now John Cooper from Skillet on the show. Today he's gonna fill it with music. Here we go. Okay, that is the first time I've ever been sung onto the air. I feel good, I feel special. Awesome! Good to have you here. Thank you, thank you. So now Skillet has been around for a while, and you are the only original member. So talk about how you keep the cohesiveness and the sound. Well, let's see, uh, my wife, Corey, and I have been in the band together for 20 years. Okay. So she came on almost at the very beginning. We've always written all the music and, I think, formed the sound of the band. And, of course, it's going to change when you get new people in. Everybody's going to have a little bit of their own flair. But really, kind of the skin and bones of the band is always going to kind of be what me and Corey are creating. Uh But there is always a flair. You know, when Seth, uh, our guitar player, came in, he's been with us for about seven years now, almost eight. You know, when he came in, he had a different flair on his guitar. He's kind of quite a lead guitar player. And we began to make more room for him to kind of do that. And then, of course, Jen, our drummer, she's been with us for almost 10 years now. Uh Uh, When she came on, we kind of made room for her to sing a bit. So the sound, it kind of evolves as you make room for people. But in terms of the songwriting and the sound, that is me and and my wife. That has been the consistency through the years. So now, how did that work with fans? Because they would get used to certain members and the sound, you know, would tweak throughout time. So how did that work with the fan base? Yeah, you know, it does, you know, change. I remember thinking, especially we had a guitar player that had been with us for about 10 years. You know, he was a very much a part of our social media and, and people really loved Ben and we got along great and all that. It, it's not easy, you right. know, because sure. people, they do get attached, which is it's cool. But uh-huh. I think kind of the heart of the band, the personality of the band, who we are has never changed. That's always stayed consistent and that probably comes from me being kind of the, the front man, the, the, the songwriter. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that's right. So uh-huh. I think that's why we've been able to hold on to our fans for so long. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now you and Corey, you're married, you have kids, you have this band, you know, you must be together 24-7. So how do you make yes. that all work? 
it's definitely quantity time. Meaning <laughs> 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 not quality time. It's like yeah. always together, always in the bus with you know, 12 other people. And uh, we have two kids that have been on tour with us since they were born. Okay. And they are, let's see, 14 and 12 now. Just live our lives on the road. We just had to kind of get in a good routine to figure out how to have great small moments, you know, okay. and, and what that means is that it's going to be a busy day. Everyone's going to be around, so you have to kind of force yourself to somehow, you know, go to Starbucks for a little while. Go to Target, you know. That's our most romantic date, go to Target <laughs> shop. Uh, I feel you, you know, on that one. Fun. That's not a bad date, honestly. It's not, you know, especially on the road. You're like, alright, we got to get laundry detergent and this and this. We, you know, we do that, and, and you just talk about what you need to talk about. So, you got to wear different hats. Like, there might be times when I'm talking to Corey and say, okay, we need to have a talk, and this isn't your husband talking, this is your business partner talking, right. because you can say different things to a business partner than you can to a wife or a husband, right. you know, so you kind of... And you receive you it differently if it's your spouse versus, you know, somebody looking out for the business end of things. Absolutely, you know, you don't tend to be as defensive, you go, right. okay, let's have that talk, and so I'm not saying that we haven't made mistakes, I made tons of them for the first yeah, 12 years. And since then, I've gotten a little bit better, I think. Uh-huh. Right. Hey, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show. John Cooper with Skillet is here chatting about life on the road. Now, do you feel like a big part of your music has brought a new audience to Christian music? I hope so. You know, I, I definitely have considered Skillet to be a little bit of a band that kind of bridges, yeah, rock and Christian music yes. together. Um, yeah, good. And I think that it's important on both ends, to tell you the truth, because, you know, there's a lot of really great Christian music out there, and not all of it is preachy or churchy or whatever you want to call it. You know, like Skillet is not. And I think it's kind of a disservice to rock music in general. To say, you know, you can't talk about spiritual things, you can't talk about God. I mean, that goes all the way back to the beginning of rock and roll. Uh, Whether people were actually Christians or religious, they still were talking about spiritual things. I mean, look at the 60s and the 70s, and uh, my favorite bands, this felt very spiritual. Yes, and Kansas and Fleetwood Mac, and even Zeppelin, you know, very spiritual and stuff, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, it might not be religious. So... I think that it's good to talk about things that matter in music. And when I think it's been good for rock and roll, this might sound cheesy to some people, but when I was growing up, I moved in the 80s, and it was the heyday of sex, drugs, rock and roll. But I never really knew about the sex and drugs part. I just liked the music. I never listened to Metallica and thought, yeah, this is about, you know, getting high and uh, (laughs) orgies. That never crossed my mind. And nor do I actually think Metallica's music was that much about it. I don't know what their music was about. It just was awesome. So I I kind of feel like making it only into this box of sex, drugs, rock and roll is a disservice to rock music in general. And then on the other side, I think that Christians have been way too stiff-necked and way too just proud in in our own bubbles to kind of get out and be normal, you know, like have some friends that aren't just like you, you know, and and be friends with an atheist that thinks that religion is stupid. I've got tons of friends that think that religion is dumb, and we're we're really close, and Uh there's nothing wrong with that. It's just their opinion, you know. I think it's a good thing for both ends, I hope. Okay, so now how does this inform your writing? Because you want to cross bridges, but not cross lines. Yeah, you know, I, I think for me... I just try to write songs that I believe in and something that moves me. I will say when Skillet first started, our lyrics were 
more overtly Christian. Okay. You know, they were a bit more something people would hear. And, and whether they knew it was Christian or not, they might not understand what it was about. Okay. And I, I specifically wanted to get away from that because I never wanted to write music only for religious people. I just wanted to be broad. I was like, you know, I want to write songs about having a good day or being in love or mm -hmm. being mad at the one I love <laughs> <laughs> or playing video games, you know, or write about the war that's going on. Write about September 11 and how much it sucked or finding out, you know, just this week, Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park, suicide, just so bummed me out. I want to write a song about that. And uh -huh. It doesn't have to be spiritual. And sometimes, you know, we get flack from the Christian music side that says that, you know, Skill is not really Christian anymore because they never say Jesus. You never know what they're talking about. Or it could be about Jesus, but it also could be about a girl. And, and I personally think that's really cool. And I kind of ignore all the different sides of saying what I should do. And I write what I believe. And so far, our fans have, you know, responded and they uh -huh. stuck with us. I love it. Gotta take a quick break. John Cooper from Skillet. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on The Mulberry Lane Show. Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. You heard the first part of our interview with lead singer of Skillet, John Cooper. Right now, you're going to rejoin John and continue to hear all about his musical journey, how Skillet rides that line between Christian music and contemporary music, how it's hard to please both the Christian community and the hard rock community, but they're doing a fabulous job of it. You're going to get more behind-the-scenes look at Skillet with John right now. Did you always have that point of view that when you received criticism from the Christian community or even from the rock side, that it didn't bother you? Or did you have to get to the place where you just kind of said, well, everyone's going to have an opinion and I'm just going to keep doing what we're doing? I think that I've uh, rolled, been on a roller coaster as far as all of those feelings. Okay. I think I always handled it pretty well, to uh -huh. tell you the truth, because I kind of knew where they were coming from. I grew up in a religious family that, in fact, believed that, like, Christian rock music was like the devil's music. You know, okay. drums were evil, guitars evil. So I grew up not being able to even listen to the genre. Okay. So I kind of knew where people were coming from, so I had a bit of grace. I have had a few moments of, all right, I'm really frustrated, and I feel like this like, righteous anger at the church for how stupid we can be sometimes <laughs> and how irrelevant we can be from the rest of the world. And I've had those moments, but they've been brief, to tell you the truth. To be 100% frank, when you sell... 12 million records, you kind of stop caring about things like that. It's like, yeah. all right, you know what? They might not like it. We're selling a lot of records. I don't really care what they think. It's not impeding what I do. And you're making yeah, the difference it, you, you know, want to make. You're touching the people. Yeah, that's right. You know, when you see people coming to shows that come up to you and they say, hey, I heard your music and this song inspired me to check into rehab for drugs. You know, I got clean and sober and I got my kids back, changed my life. You know, all that stuff and you realize that wouldn't be happening if these songs were for church people only. And right. so I love that. Mm -hmm. I'm totally thrilled doing it. So back at the beginning of things, did it ever occur to you to go down the rock path and not the Christian path? Not really. I always just wanted to do both, which we're lucky enough to do now, which is kind of crazy, but yeah. I never knew that that would be hard to do both. I just thought, 
Well, why not? I think people just must not really want to. And I've come to find out it's not the case that people don't want to. It's that it's, it's really difficult. In fact, even just recently, you know, this big rock tour and, you know, corn and stone sour, going to places and uh, finding out, you know, the stations that were playing won't play our song. You know, it was, okay. a, it was a number one song at their format, and they wouldn't play it because we were a Christian band. You know, so... You still get a little bit of that going on, which I'm kind of amazed at, but I always knew that I wanted to sing about my faith. Evangelism, telling my friends about Jesus, it's just who I am. Uh, so I always knew I would be singing songs about that and being open and talking about that. I talk about it in all my interviews and on stage and stuff like that. And then on the other side, do you feel like Christian programmers are also biased against some of your music as well? Uh, maybe a little, okay. yeah. I think there's a little bit of, like, this band doesn't really fully belong here, or they're too loud, or they look too crazy, or, or what have you. I think that's in the process of changing now, funny enough, after, you know, this long, 20 years. I think that they're beginning to kind of understand our heart a little bit okay. more, but we've always been a little rough around the edges for certain ones. Not in our lifestyles, but in the way we look. And, you know, my voice, a little too raspy for a lot of those formats, uh -huh. I've been told. Yeah. So, I remember I was on tour with Toby Mac a few years ago, and uh -huh. this promoter came up to me, and he goes, man, I gotta tell you, first time I heard your record, I mean, he, he, this is what he said. He started out like that, and I thought he was about to compliment me because he was so sincere. First time I heard your record, I turned it on, and I said, oh, Jesus, finally, I, I'm going to get to meet this guy and tell him, you're going to lose your voice. You shouldn't be singing like that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. And they're like, you really need to see a doctor. Have you been talking to anyone? And he was calling friends to get a voice specialist in. Uh, and every time I do an interview, I call on the phone and I, you know, just like I do now, and I go, hey, how's it going? I'm John. And they go, oh, I can tell you've been singing. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you just sound so raspy. I'm like, this is the way I talk, man. Well, if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show, chatting with John Cooper, lead singer of Christian rock band Skillet. So now talk about how you guys record in the studio. How do you approach recording? Now I set up Pro Tools in my bus, and, you know, you do it in there, and it's so easy. So now I would say most of the fun and the creative side, the fun side, now happens actually just on computers with my wife. You know, you can try so many different things so quickly. Even without recording guitars, you can get synthesizers on computers that sound enough like a guitar to know what it will sound like. So we tried, and they don't like that chord. You try something else, and then you go back later, and you layer those guitars over and over. So most of the creative side just happens with me and Corey sitting in the back of the bus. So you do writing. a lot of pre-production you know, before you actually record. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd say 60 70% of the song is done before we quote, quote, record. Okay. Go into the studio, get some drum sounds. and Usually I'll go in the studio and actually sing with somebody because I can pay attention a little bit better. But yeah, we do a ton of pre-production on the front end, but it took me a long time to embrace that because it felt fake to me. It felt like not keeping it real, you know, as a rock and roll band. It was, right. Does that make sense? You know, yes. kind of like, that's not really how we used to do it back in the day, but you kind of got to embrace it. It's the future. Once you do embrace it, you learn new things. And, and you find and your you, own you creativity within it. You bring yourself to the yeah, project. That's yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Another question for you. How do, like, the guys in Korn and some of the rock bands on the non-Christian side, how do they accept you? You know, honestly, I've had nothing but really great experiences. Uh, we've been touring with secular bands for 10 years now and, yeah. and become really good friends 
sometimes in the most unlikely of, uh, of people, you know, Corey Taylor from Slipknot, you know, is one of my favorite people I've met in this business, and that's a band that people think is seems to be kind of very anti-religion or, uh-huh. <laughs> or yeah. what have you, but we get along great. His wife and my wife got to be good friends. In fact, his wife came out on tour with us and worked for us for a little while and okay. stuff like that. So, you know, we've gotten to be really great friends, and I, I think it goes both ways. I think Skillet is not a very, uh, we're not judgmental, and, and we don't expect people to not cuss around us or drink beer, whatever they want to do. We don't kind of have those kind of expectations. We just kind of try to be, I might sound cheesy or trite, but it's obvious. Try to be like Jesus, you know? Not to be a real mean person, but I like hanging out with sinners a lot more than I like hanging out with people who say they're Christians but act like sinners. It makes me so mad as I go into a Christian bands and I see them doing the same things as secular bands are doing. And So you kind of like people, if they talk the talk, they should walk the walk. Yeah, that's right. It's not that you want to be judgmental, but like, hey, hey, a tree's got to bear some fruit here. You know, what's going on? We're on stage represent. We're ambassadors of Christ. Right. I mean, as a Christian, everybody should have that accountability, whether you're on stage or not. But if you're going to stand up on stage and be like, hey, hey, look at me, look at the light, look at the light, then you, you got to live in the light, man. So I, I don't mess around when it comes to that stuff with my band members. I don't see the point in it. So, yeah, I like... Uh, People that sin and hate God, I can hang out with them and have a great time, no problem. This has been such a fascinating talk, and it's so awesome to get the perspective of someone who truly has been a trailblazer, bringing the rock side to Christian. Well, that's really nice. Thank you. John, thank you for joining the show. It's been a pleasure talking with you, and you'll have to come back when the next music is ready to be released. John Cooper, frontman of the band Skillet, here on the Mulberry Lane Show. We'll be right back with up-and-coming artist Jordan Feliz. And right now, with some music from Skillet, time to feel invincible. you covered the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane well as the front man of the rock band a current affair jordan felice toured the west coast with the warp tour he's now been on a solo journey and you guys are going to hear what he's been up to since moving to nashville and all about his upcoming album the future which releases march 23rd and exactly what he wants you to take away from this project welcome Welcome to the show, Jordan Feliz. Hey, how are you guys doing? Great, great to have you with us. Oh, it's so good to be here, man. So now The Future is your album that's about to drop. Yeah. You've been in Nashville for a while, but what led you to Nashville? What led you down this path? You know, I honestly just kind of felt like a calling from the Lord. You know, I've kind of felt a calling to do music since I was 15. Whenever the band was... Done. I actually took a job at a church as a worship leader and thought maybe that was kind of the facet in which the Lord was talking about, like, hey, if I'm going to do music, maybe I'm just going to lead worship. And when then, you led worship, did you actually write songs or were you, you know, playing other people's songs? 
a little bit of both. Like okay. I was actually writing some worship songs, but I was also, you know, uh, immersing yourself in that worship. genre. Yeah, really. Yeah, totally. Yes. But after that was done, I literally just kind of felt like the Lord was calling me to Nashville. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I had one of my best friends. He called me. And he said, hey, if I flew to Nashville, would you come out here? Would you write some songs? And I was like, sure. And that was just kind of a weird thing, how everything lined up. And, and you know, um, a lot of people think of Nashville as country music, but there's a lot of Christian worship music that also comes out of Nashville. It's actually, it's the Christian music mecca. Right. <laughs> I fell in love with Nashville. Like, the Lord was saying, move now. <laughs> you felt called to do this, but at the same time, you were broke. Yes. When you're a worship leader, you're not, like, really uh, rolling in it. Right, yeah. <laughs> I told my wife, I came home, and I was like, hey, I know this sounds crazy, but I think we should move to Nashville. And we prayed about it for a year, and a year later, and we moved, and, and I'm talking to you guys on the phone. <laughs> and you've got an awesome album, in which the single, Witness, you just found out, is... Number one, which is awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm so excited. It has been quite a journey, and I'm so pumped. Yeah, so it's a great song. Yes, your oh, music. Thank you. And for someone who hasn't heard you, how would you describe your music? I think I would kind of describe it as like pop soul. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of pop orientation in it, but also like I have a lot of influences with older like soul music like Al Green and Sam Cooke and Earth, Wind & Fire and like all that whole shenanigans, you know. Um, that's kind of what I grew up listening to. My dad, actually, that's like basically all we listened to. I used to like be on like a ski team that was about 45 minutes away from my house up in the mountains. And every time we drive up, for like practice or anything like that's all we would listen to okay. so, so it seeped um, into you yeah if you've just joined us you're listening to jordan felice former frontman of the rock band a current affair just releasing a brand new christian album called future you're hearing all about it here on the mulberry lane show going from a band situation to a solo act was that an adjustment for you or did that just feel right it's still taking adjustment actually okay. like even to this day i'm so used to like having people you know be a part of it with me <laughs> that actually it's funny because even on like on stage my road manager every once in a while he's like you said we again tonight <laughs> and, <laughs> I totally and i'm like yeah that. i know yeah i do have a band so that makes it like way more you know comfortable for me and plus my road manager actually he was like my legal guardian for a year whenever we were in the band that i was in because i was only 17 okay and we were like on tour and so he's actually my road manager now okay. um and so having him with me is like kind of like my safety blanket you know uh -huh. what i mean yeah. like it's it just it just makes me feel like i'm more comfortable like wherever i'm at because and you're I not alone yeah yeah, well, and I keep him around, too, because any time, like, I am, like, have an idea or I say something that's just, like, even, like, the slightest bit of out of line, he'll, like, literally rip that out right away, like, because he's just, like, that good of a friend. He's my uh, sounding board so that whenever I'm on the road, he can, like, he can say that was a good idea. It's that was good to have idea. a person like that around. For so yeah, can you give us 100%. an example? Can you give us an example? Or oh, yeah, no, totally. Um, well, I mean... Like, also, like, Joe, his name is Joey. Joey, um, he's really good at, like, 
blunt honesty, you okay, know? Okay. If it's not delivered the right way, it comes off really bad, but Joey knows how to do it. it it's like he's joking, yeah. but like he's saying it for real, you know? I don't the know truth and humor kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, for instance, the other night, we're on Winter Jam right now, and we only have a certain amount of time, and so our entire show is on a track. So, like, literally, like, my talking points, everything is timed out. So I have to, like, kind of stick to the script. It's kind of weird because I'm not like that. I lost where I was at the other night. I literally called everybody worthless, but what I meant to say was, like, it didn't come off like I was saying you're worthless. I was saying you're priceless, you're worthless, and the beloved of God. And I said worthless, but literally is all I hear in my talkback mic is, well, that was bad. And I literally was like, oh, no. And so after the show, he just came up to me and he goes, he goes, yeah, maybe we don't call people worthless anymore. And like I was like, yeah, I'm yeah, so sorry. Point. I have no idea. Something tells me the audience probably understood what you meant, but that's hilarious. What's funny is usually like I'll get a tweet or something, so I don't think anybody actually caught what I had right. said, but yeah. I, I did, and so did my entire band, and they were all dying, you know what I mean? Like just <laughs> laughing so hard. What do you hope people take away from listening to this album? For me, what I really want people to understand about uh, the record is the fact that, like, every single day, we are all dealing with different emotions in our life, you know? Sure. We're dealing with stress and anxieties. We're dealing with fears. We're dealing with joy. But ultimately, as believers, we have this beautiful thing that we believe that God is sovereign over our entire life, over every season, every moment, and that our future is wound up in the inheritance of God. And that's what I want people to take away, is that we don't have to worry, we don't have to fear, we don't have to deal with any of that stuff when we choose to give it to God and to trust in the sovereignty that He has in our lives. That's beautiful sentiment. In other words, we're not worthless. No. In other words, you are not. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. Thanks for checking in. Yes, of course. Y'all have a great one. That's Jordan Felice here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure you check out his brand new project called Future. When we come back, you're going to meet Canadian singer, songwriter, and musician Tara Lightfoot. Keep it right here with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. I was blinded. You gave me eyes to see. I was going under. You reached out to me. No, there's nothing you won't do to pick me up. She's ritzy, bluesy, and all kinds of fierce. Canadian singer, guitarist, and songwriter Tara Lightfoot is here to give you a behind-the-scenes look at her latest album called New Mistakes. And when mistakes inspire a diverse album that's receiving a lot of critical acclaim, you can only hope there will be even more mistakes. Tara Lightfoot on the show. New mistakes go with the flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because, you know, everything today, you know, especially like in social media is kind of all about perfection and all of that. So it's it's nice someone's owning mistakes. So and, what and, inspired it? And new ones at that. <laughs> I think mistakes are actually a great thing. I, I realized that I was making the same one over and over okay. with music and, and in my life. And then I just thought, well, I should probably stop doing that. I should probably try and make some new ones <laughs> and learn some new things. You know, Don't and make then the same old ones. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So now there's a song on there, the single that's Norma Gale, that's about a Nashville songwriter. You knew her. So talk a little I bit did. about what inspired that song. Okay, so Norma Gale, I met her on the road, and she was an elderly woman. She was actually in the hospital when I met her okay. by strange fate. And she was like an old woman, and she was telling me she's from Moncton, New Brunswick, which is eastern Canada, and it's really hard to kind of get out of that area. It's just okay. really tough to do. So she told me all these stories about going on dates with Conway Twitty and playing with Johnny Cash and Loretta Lynn and playing the Opry in the 70s okay. and, like, having all this crazy success. And so I was hearing all these cool stories, but then I also met her son. And turns out he was just a baby when all that was happening, and she was raising him as a single mom. On the road. On the road at the Grand Ole Opry, dating Conway Twitty, playing wow. with Johnny Cash. Uh huh. What a, what a story. Oh, I know, I know. It was so inspiring to me, and I wrote, I should have probably written a thousand songs after I, I met her, but... Yeah. Yeah, I just wrote one from her perspective, and that is not, um, I don't know what, how you guys write your songs, but for me, I don't usually write from other people's perspective. It's true. So that was a new thing for me, and mm -hmm. it was like, it was really cool to go into her life and, and mine her experiences and put them into a song. But you really felt a kinship with her. Oh, man, of course, yeah, and then she was also, like, she was kind of, um, I don't know what you would call her, like a no-bullshit old, old lady. She didn't take any guff from anybody. I kind of aspire to be like that, too, in some uh -huh. ways. I mean, yeah. to be a little bit tough, to not take, uh, well, take anything I don't deserve. Well, it's interesting <laughs> that today you were inspired by a country artist in the 70s I think it's hard being a woman in the music business she went through her struggles you go through your struggles and mistakes and you know there's kind of this common thread that runs through it all and I don't know if it's any easier now than it was in 1970 yeah I don't know either I mean she told me stories one of the stories was when a promoter when she was asking to get paid at the end of the night the guy held her up at gunpoint oh my God. and her son was in the dressing room like wow. You know, you picture yourself being a single woman and trying to get paid for your show and then somebody pulling a gun on you. like And taking your money. That's, that's crazy. I'm hoping that that doesn't happen today, but we can't we can't confirm or deny. You know, exactly. It hasn't happened to me. Has it happened to you guys? Not, no, not, not again. Yet. Not again. <laughs> not, not yet. Not recently. Yeah. So now the oh. album is, is really a diverse set of influences. So who are your influences? Oh, Music man, I have so many. One of my newest ones that I really have been soaking up is Bonnie Raitt. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think she's amazing. And actually, I went to see her show, and at the last minute, my date pulled out, and so I was the only person with an empty seat beside me in the whole place. And Bonnie was singing all these, like, you know, I was scorned by this guy. Like, she says she doesn't write her tunes, uh -huh. um, most of them. But then the ones that she does write are the scorned lover songs where she gets really mad. And so she was, you know, playing all these like angry songs and I'm sitting there like being stood up and, 
and feeling so validated. So you really you, like, you could totally relate. You related to her yeah. too. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Singer, songwriter, musician Tara Lightfoot here on the Mulberry Lane Show. The final song on the album, Lonesome Eyes, has kind of a gospel-y mm. tinge to it. So is gospel part of your background at all? It actually is. My grandmother on my mother's side played piano in church starting when she was 12 because there was a big snowstorm and the piano player couldn't make it, so she had to play for the for the church. And so I knew all, you know, all like the church songs, the United Church songs, okay. uh, when I was growing up and, and hanging out with her. In my early 20s, I got into country, and, and so country gospel and, and all, all that kind of soul stuff, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's, it's become a big part of what I do. I'm very inspired by the, the soul that you find in that music. Definitely. And Bonnie Raitt kind of walks <laughs> that line between the country and the soul, too. Totally, yeah. yeah. And I think that's such a great place to be. Like, music to me is about emotion and about being able to portray that emotion uh-huh. in a way that people understand and can can relate to and can join you. Absolutely. And, you know? So where yeah. did you record this album? Did you record in Canada or were you in Nashville? We did record in Canada. We recorded on the Six Nations Reserve, so that's like a Native uh, Native Canadian oh. reserve, like where, where they live. They have an amazing studio there. And it was not popular, like where I live. Okay. It's not a popular studio choice. It is now, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So but how I said, did no, that affect go to- the music, do you think? Oh, man, it was insane because the... There's such an economic disparity between, you know, driving uh, from the grocery store in the town outside and then driving onto the reserve. There's plywood shacks that people yeah. are living in. Wow. So it was like, wow, we're really grateful to be here, to be able to do music for a living, being able to pay my band to be there. I just felt so lucky the whole time. Yeah. But I think that gratitude, that, excitement. That, that got recorded that in with the music. Yeah. It's, it, it was definitely an experience. and. So now you are pretty much a non-stop touring artist. How do you deal with road life? Oh, man. I book nice Airbnbs right now. Okay. We're staying in uh, near Winnipeg, but I rented us like a bridal suite cabin in the woods. That's supposed to be for weddings. That's great. I know. And I'm staying in the bridal suite, so I'm like, I have this nice tub with a heated floor. That's what's happening. That's awesome. I love it. And then you're on Sonic Union Records. So talk a little bit about yeah. your relationship with your record company and how that is all going. Oh, man. Okay, so I live in Hamilton, which is kind of a smaller city. Okay. They're, they've been a record label for 25 years. And basically, it took them two or three years to kind of get to know me enough to put me on their label. Okay. And no one knew, and still I think nobody knows who they are. <laughs> but the most loyal people on my team, and they're also my managers. And okay. I just feel really lucky to have found them, and even though it wasn't the popular choice at the time when I when I signed on with them, they've done such amazing work for me, so I would I would uh, urge everybody to entertain all possibilities yeah. um, when people want to work with you, because what matters is your connection to them and how loyal you are to each other. Yeah. And I have a great relationship with my label. I'm very proud to say. That's nice, because I don't think that yeah. happens very often. No. And they let me do what I want, which is also very you rare. You have the creative freedom. That is so rare and beautiful when, yeah. when people let you do what you yes. want. <laughs> when they trust yeah. you enough, yes. So what do you hope yeah. people take away from the album? Anything that they want to. I mean, I, I like doing dishes and listening to records, so if okay. people wanted to do that. You can come do mine. (laughs) (laughs) I'll put on some good music, I promise. (laughs) Final question. This album has been getting a lot of critical acclaim. So Mm. what has that felt like for you? 
Oh, I mean, it's so nice for me, and it's nice for my band and the producers. Everyone feels happy. We just got nominated for a Juno in Canada. Awesome. So, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so that's really exciting, and it's just a reason for us to keep going on the road. Okay, so when are the Juno Awards? They are the end of March, March 26th or something. So we'll have someone to root for. Yeah! (laughs) All right, Tara, we want to thank you so much for bringing the album to the show, talking about it, hearing the behind the scenes. It's been really a fun and interesting chat to get to know you a little better in your life. Yes, and you guys too. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Tara. Next album that's out, you've got to come back. Okay, we will. Or after you win that Juno. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, you guys are the best. Thank you. That was Canadian singer-songwriter and Juno Award nominee Tara Lightfoot. Make sure you check out her new project, New Mistakes. We dance the night away. We don't have to break the chain. much for bringing new mistakes to the Mulberry Lane Show. Great to get to know you better and love the tip about the Airbnb Bridal Suites. We'll be rooting for you on the Juno Awards. Tara Lightfoot. Who else do we need to thank, sisters? Gotta thank singer-songwriter Jordan Feliz. His debut album as a solo artist drops on March 23rd, so check out the album Future. And congrats to Jordan because his first single off the album, The Witness, went to number one on the Christian charts. Okay, Rachel, who else? And finally, a big shout-out to John Cooper of Skillet. Love how real you get with music, the music business, and life. Can't wait to catch up the next go-around. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure you guys join us same time, same place next weekend. We'll be right here waiting for you. Already looking forward to it. Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap. Woo! Woo! Yeah, all right.